On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, Greg jumped into a nice new AMP feature. Jess talked a whole lot about Google My Business. Greg schooled me on video game terminology. Oh, and Jess talked about how to survive an elevator fall. And we had a little pod keeping too. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on January 4th, 2019. Remember, you can catch us live without a net on Fridays on YouTube in the morning or consume us via your favorite podcasting player. And as always, follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And before we hop into the news today, we've got some quick housekeeping. Mm-hmm. I just always wanted to say that. Housekeeping. It's really podkeeping, I think. Vlog keeping? Pod, I like podkeeping. Podkeeping. Yeah. Quick podkeeping. <laughs> uh, due to the success of Marketing and Clock, we're adding new episodes coming soon. And they're going to be a little bit different than what you've gotten up through today where it's been very news related. We are going to be airing uh, two episodes a week, moving ahead here in 2019. And one will be speaking interview style with somebody from the industry. And we want to talk about the journey. And we're going to label these as off the clock. So when you're off the clock, you can come here and we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about just the ins and outs of the digital marketing world. And then the next one is going to be ripped from the headlines, (laughs) where we talk about stories that we've... We kind of do the deep dive of some of the stories that we talk about in our kind of fun weekly news. So the ripped from the headlines is going to be that actual deeper dive into some of the, um, the nitty-gritty details where we don't really cover those here on our Friday shows. No, I'm really excited to hear. I, when you said from people in the industry, I thought you were going to say people on the internet. Oh, and that'd be good too. Yeah, yeah, technically. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Though. It's, good. it's going to be good. So y'all should subscribe if you haven't yet. But our Friday news shows are not going anywhere. No. So you'll just get some other things feathered in. Bonus. And now that brings us to this week's news. And first up, Google Featured Snippets can now jump to a section of content it is sourcing. And our fave Glenn Gabe found this on Twitter. And what is happening is for many times in the search engine results pages, when you click on now an AMP result, we're seeing these examples where you click through and you're instantly fired right to that section of the page and it's highlighted. So that's interesting, right? Like it's, it's wild. It's wild, yeah. And it, it seems good to webmasters. There's a good link too we're going to put in the show notes on Search Engine Land that links to a video showing this in action. Um, and so it seems like it's good for webmasters. But it might not be, you know, like if you are now ranking for something and you're ranking for it and your AMP page shows up and it zooms you right down to miss all the header and the navigation explanation and it just shoots you right to that one part, it may not convert as well, right? Like, (laughs) so it is really interesting to see how people react to this and what some of the numbers look like on this, because I don't think I'd want, it's to me, it's one of these other elements against AMP almost, where it seems like (laughs) it's good, great for the user Mm -hmm. if you're just looking for information, but not as great for the webmaster. Yeah. 
it's interesting because it's nice at least you know we're hoping that somebody is still clicking through from that result and going to your site at all so that i mean that's a bonus in and of itself if people know that this is something that they can get right into maybe well, going to your amp help. page so that's debatable as whether or not it's your site technically but we're not going to get into that right now that's very nitty-gritty if you want to get into it. Um, this has nothing to do with anything, really, but it's kind of a slow news week. So you mentioned the video with a, that happening, the yep. example. So I watched that because I wanted to see what was going on, obviously. But after, it, when you know YouTube gives you all of your suggested videos, I don't know if this is something that you know everyone would see, so we should put the link in the show notes. But one of the videos suggested to me was, can you survive an elevator fall by jumping? Debunked. Yeah, you absolutely can. No, Oh you yeah, can't. you can. No, you can't. They did. They talked to like physics people. I know. I know you can't. Just <laughs> oh, okay. But people, no, people think that you can. It's like this eleven-minute video, and I watched the whole thing, and it's actually really interesting. They like simplified physics in a way that I can what, understand. Did you? So you watched the entire video? I did. So, quick question. Yeah. Did they jump at the very end, right before it's about to crash? Yes, which also is completely Again. impossible. Which they didn't. Yeah, it's physics. Yeah. You can't you can't survive that. Yeah, no, you can't. But they tell you they do give you some tips in case it does happen on, on how to survive. But it, really, it's kind of unlikely it's going to happen. Anyway, um, if you're scared of heights and you don't want to fall and you always want to live, I recommend the video. It was very interesting. Oh, well, look at that. Hopefully, we all uh, check that out and survive our next uh, elevator crash. <laughs> thanks to uh, this amp. But back to amp. You know, the the other thing that I kind of thought about instantly when, when I saw this. And instantly, I didn't mean for the pun there, but um, the Google Images used to show that specific image, and you know there was that kind of lawsuit there with Getty Images. And now, when you click on a Google image, you have to see the entire page. And I just thought this was like kind of like a throwback, like yeah, just get you right to where you want to go. Don't have to explore it. So I'll just leave on that note, I guess. But yeah. look for that and check out the uh, tweet from Glenn there that uh, uncovered this this cool new feature. I'm sorry for the tangent. I totally thought you were done. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> I, I was. It's that I just I tangented back. Whoop, throwback Friday. That's a thing. All right. Next up, Facebook adds new CTA stickers for page stories. So I'm not sure if any of you find people are using stories on Facebook, but if you are running them from your business page, you can now add a CTA button, which I think is nice. You can link directly to, you know, somewhere on your site where you want folks to take action. I feel like that's a really helpful little feature there at Facebook. Yeah. And those CTA buttons are the same buttons that you would get on your business page currently. So they're shop now, get directions or book. And so again, you can put those right into their stories feed. One thing that I thought was really interesting about this, I think we all know that I'm not a Facebook stories connoisseur. You're not an any stories connoisseur. Per, per se, that's, that's also correct, but <laughs> we're both correct here. And in September, Facebook had reported that Facebook and Messenger stories now see 300 million daily active users. That is incredible. Um, and, it, and even at the time in September, Instagram only had 100 million daily active users of stories. That blew my mind. Yeah, I, that so seems backwards. I had no idea that story usage was so prevalent. And again, hey, the more tools that we get as businesses, the more the more joy that I feel. <laughs> so as I may not be the biggest stories fan, you know, I do love Anytime it becomes easier for marketers and especially getting people to make that action. That, that's what we're all looking for is not just to, to see that impression, but to get people to actually to, to, move, the, to, to, to move on it. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're doing something right there. All right. And that brings us to this week's 
lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. pew. <laughs> I just told Greg earlier today, in case any of you are not aware, there is a pew, pew, pew bitmoji out there that you can get. So yeah, my bitmoji's broken. It, it doesn't work right. Your bitmoji's amazing and it never needs to change. <laughs> we put it in the show notes a couple weeks back. People should look for it. It's really, really good. <laughs> okay. First up, the number of Alexa skills in the U.S. more than doubled in 2018. That is the headline. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you want numbers, though, VoiceBot collected some data, and it looks like there are currently 25,784 Alexa skills in the U.S., which um, grew to, or no, that was what it was before. At the beginning of 2018, it grew to 56,750 by the end of the year, which is way more skills than I have. That's a lot of skills. I don't know. You you probably are up there. <laughs> I, I put you at about seventy five thousand skills. So oh, they they wow. gotta they gotta keep up. Thank you. Well. Move over, Alexa. I'm here. <laughs> um, if you're looking for an official statement from Alexa on the numbers, they had a. They said Alexa's broader ecosystem had grown to over 70,000 total skills. So still behind what Greg estimates my skills are. Um, the gist of the article, though, is that it's pretty much still the Wild West out there as far as voice apps and skills and things like that go. So a lot of the stuff that's available right now is just a kind of a voice add-on, if you will, to mobile apps. And there's not really a ton of stuff being developed to, directly for voice interaction so it's a good space to explore if you're doing any developing and definitely keep an eye out us marketers there's got to be some monetization opportunities in 2019 there have to be right yeah I, I would imagine and you know I've previously one of the issues be, being an early adopter on things which <laughs> I, I try to be many times is you really experience the technology at its complete worst and mm. I, I use assistant an assistant based tool all the time, but I use it to like assist me because that's kind of what it's good at. And the games <laughs> no. and all, a lot of these other things were really bad at the beginning. But it, I think this article to me, and just I was reading the TechCrunch article about just some of the names of these games, and it's it seems like they're way better than at the beginning. So mm. I'm really interested to check those out. The one thing that I thought was strange is one of the top games was Would You Rather for family. Oh. Ew. I don't know. Would you rather pet the dog or the cat? Like, how do you play that with kids? Hopefully the dog. I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, I thought that, that, you know, people are using these. These are some of the most popular games out there. So check them out and just to to Jess's point, consider that for your business. Mm -hmm. Next up, the article of the week is actually a tweet, the lightning article, and it is from Paul Har. And he is a software engineer at Google. And he put out a tweet that kind of contradicted a previous story that was from Medium. And the Medium story, the gist of it is that people don't, there, there's a statement in there saying people don't cannot differentiate between ads and organic listings. And so somebody had followed up that Medium article on Twitter and said that the key point of the article is that 50% of people between the ages of 18 and 34 can't differentiate between an ad and an organic result on Google. To maximize this percentage, Google is always testing to find ad visuals that blend in best with the organic results. And so Paul said, well, it's a key point, but it's not true from everything I've seen, at least on the search side. So it's just disputing the the, the article with with facts from this, the, from what Google has seen. So 
while that article out there says that people can't differentiate, you know, Google is coming back and saying, well, from what we've seen, people do differentiate the ads. Uh, what does it mean for you as a marketer? Who knows, right? Like, again, <laughs> it's, it's going to depend on who that person is, mm -hmm. but it may not be, the numbers may not lean to that kind of coin flip as to whether people know it's an ad or not. I also like that it's the savviest, well, I guess, if you will, savviest tech age group. The 18 to 34, the people that are out there using, you know, the latest technology and really comfortable with it, and they're the ones that can't tell the difference. I want to see the stats on those 35 plus, those those old folks that I'm still not lumped in with yet. Well, here, you can come watch me search over here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do old codger search with Greg. Um, okay. Yeah. And so that is it. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no, it's not. I have I have a thing to say. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's not really related to the article, but kind of, it's kind of like the reverse. So you and I, Greg, um, when we've been just looking things up for some of our clients in the wild, we've noticed on the organic side, some people starting to kind of craft their title tags and their meta descriptions and things to look more like an ad. Yeah, yeah, and pulling in some price data and, and things like that, and yeah. and we've seen that uh, in in what what appears to be hey, you've got your rankings and you're mm -hmm. doing really well and now you're trying to boost that CTR and let's try to go outside the standard title tag and make it a little juicier with a price <laughs> or a sale or something like that. So absolutely. Yeah, it's not really related to the article, but just something that we've seen. Trends to look out for, kids. Next up, Google, zero results for record a video result. I don't really like that headline, but... It doesn't read well. The gist of it is... It didn't say result enough. Result? Results, result, result, result. Did, did I cover your quota? <laughs> your result there you go. Quota. So um, there was a search performed, and uh, I believe the tweet is in the article, so you can see what it actually looked like. But somebody searched for, quote, Alexa video on their Android device. Another somebody did as well. This guy right did here, you do me. It? Yeah, and I, I, it is exactly what I see on my Android Pixel phone. So you got no result. It just gives you a little thing that says, "Hey, want to open your camera?" Yep. That record a video is what it says. But yeah, <laughs> I like my version better. <laughs> um, did you also have so in the article it said that there was a little, I don't know if it was a button or a link at the bottom that said actually see results. Did yes, you have that? I too? did have that. Okay, so everyone that this is happening to has a consistent experience. I I want to know. I want to know what the deal is with this, if Google thinks it's being helpful. I mean, if I'm on Google and I'm searching for something, I could have just chosen to open my own camera. I feel like I know what I'm doing. So what is the point here? What is Google trying to achieve? Yeah. And, and you know, one thing that, that I've seen, at least as a big user of Google Assistant, is many times you want it to do something and instead it just goes to those search results. Uh, and so maybe it's voice-based where people are like record a video and you don't have certain hooks that can just automatically do that. Um, I am somebody that really loves the no results, search results for things like math. <laughs> yeah. In this case, eh, I'm not a big fan. No, but I agree with you. My, my thought process is it's it's probably has something to do with uh, voice search and assistant uh, but yeah, and then also, you know, in the past, in July, we saw the EU slap Google with a $5 billion um, antitrust lawsuit. And if people are trying to record a video, how do you know they want to use your camera app too? Like I wonder Ooh. what this would do if they start just recommending, um, you know, certain Android-based aspects. Like again, I might want to be using some sort of uh, different platform out there. So interesting to see. Boomerang. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe boomerang it and just, just do quick ones. Are you a big boomerang user, Greg? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. You, I mean, you mean like the things, the flying things? Yeah. I do actually, have a boomerang. Yes. yes. Do you really? Cannot make it work. So I'm not a fan of either the physical or the Instagram boomerang. You should bring it in and we should do it on video and try it. It, it is the most frustrating thing. We'll make a video of us using it. Yeah. We'll throw it off the roof or something when nobody's around and it'll just, it's so disappointing. I'm into it. It sounds fun. All right. Okay. And next up. From Search Engine Roundtable and Barry Schwartz, the title is Bing, We Ignore Default Robot Directives If There Is a Bing Bot Section. And this all started on Twitter from Frederick Debu uh, from Bing, who said, useful robots.txt reminder, if you create a section for Bing Bot specifically, he hashtag Bing Bot, probably Ooh. a lot of hot Bing, Bing Bot hashtag talk out there. <laughs> All of the default directives will be ignored except for crawl delay. You must copy paste the directives if you want BingBot to follow under its own section. And what this means is if you've got certain directives of places to stay out of, BingBot will ignore those if they have their own set of directives. This is the same as Googlebot. There's a whole bunch of chatter back and forth as to how this would work. Um, again, if you've got a section, that is what the specific bot will use. So, um, don't think that you can just craft something um, specifically and that all the universal blocks will still be adhered to. It kind of seems like common sense, but probably not. So that's that's very helpful. Thank you, Bing. Next up, Google moving Google posts back up. Question? So we covered a story a while back about traffic from Google My Business posts dropping. Um, this was after they were moved below the fold in the search results, but it looks like some people are now seeing them back up at the top again, which is really exciting, especially if you are using Google Posts. So this is something to keep an eye out. Um, not everyone, though, in the article was able to replicate the results after they saw it happening, so it could just be a small test. But either way, we maintain our position here that no matter where they are in the SERPs, you should not be ignoring Google My Business and Posts as part of your overall strategy. Yep. Very important. <clears throat> and we talk about Google My Business has been like one of our hottest topics of mm -hmm. 2018 and it seems like it's doing that in 2019. So far. So far. <clears throat> and one thing that I I, I just was thinking and, and just pontificating about it, but I think that the Google posts within my business might be Google's best social effort ever mm -hmm. um, outside of things they've acquired like YouTube, which is technically it social. I think it's got a lot of potential and the ability that people can quickly share things. If you get it to a map and you can quickly see things for a restaurant, we just had a meeting with, um, for a local restaurant here. It, it could be really, really big. I love the fact that it's going back up higher and not being buried as much. Um, and hopefully we see those, the traffic numbers uh, also increase as well. Absolutely. And if you like puns, definitely check out the article because there's a cute uh, business name, Cutie Paws Pet Sitting. Very I, cute. I saw your little note on there <laughs> and I went in to make sure to check them out. And they've got really good reviews and one negative review. Oh, no. Uh, it was looked like somebody was really late on trying to register with Cutie Paws. So it was and, their own fault. Yep. And then Cutie Paws clapped back at them too. It's good. Wow. They're like, yeah, I see you're leaving a lot of bad reviews. I'm sorry that you called the night before your trip and we couldn't accommodate you that's your problem not ours wow way so to go, go cutie, cutie paws, paws. Yeah. yeah big cutie paws fan fan, <laughs> fans here cutie paws <laughs> get them as a sponsor shout out to cutie paws Ooh, or we could do fake spawn con if you want to keep doing throwbacks to previous episodes all right on that note 
The next article we have here is Google test larger messaging buttons in local panels. So again, definitely do not ignore Google My Business. They are putting, or at least testing, putting more emphasis on the messaging capability with Google My Business. So now there's the message button, or at least in some cases is a lot more prominent. It's bigger. It looks kind of like a CTA instead of just an option you can choose. It, it really could be the difference, I guess, between getting the customer or, or not if they're able to get in touch with you. So if you don't have messaging capability turned on, um, and you are available to be chatting with customers, definitely now is is better than ever because it's going to be easier and uh, more obvious yep. and for in folks order, to contact you. And in order to turn that on, if you don't have that currently, you need to have that Google My Business app installed and currently on your phone, and you can do it via either iOS or in the in a Google Play Store And to, in order to get that set up. so And I believe you have to have the most recent version of those apps. Either way, you want the most recent version, so update those, and you'll be able to get that messaging capability. Beautiful. And that brings us to this week's WTH. This week's WTH <laughs> is called. I didn't have a sound. I forgot. Is what I called did. Netflix denies spreading Bird Box memes with fake profiles. Bird Box is Netflix's <laughs> new movie about a box of birds, and that's a already spoiled alert there <laughs> but there is a lot of talk out there that people had found these kind of very low quality twitter accounts that in in many multiples of people and then there were and that they were all sharing these bird box memes trying to get this new netflix movie to really catch on and they used the bird box hashtag and in many cases, some of the exact same messaging was used without a space where there would be a space. Ooh. The Ringer, one of your your favorite sites, mm-hmm. went into an um, in-depth expose on it. And it seems like there was something happening with a manipulation of memes, which is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so happy that instead of like, and everybody's up in arms in this. Yeah. Memes are great. Everybody. Embrace memes. Memes are fantastic. These if, memes were not great, though. Explain. They're boring, and they don't, they're not funny. Except one, which I think is on the screen right now, because it's from... If you want to talk about the... Uh, the Tumblr thing, no, it goes, it goes back to the Tumblr thing. Anyway, that, that was my one funny meme that I enjoyed. But I think this whole thing is stupid. I agree with you. Um, they also... Someone accused Netflix of, or whoever was coming up with these fake accounts, whoever they are, stealing minors' photos to look more, quote, legit, which I feel like doesn't make any sense in and of itself. I don't, I don't know. It's, there was also a quote that Netflix was using bots to advertise their god-awful original films, which made me laugh. Everything about this is funny except the memes, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> okay. Well, here's my thought, and, and this is in all likelihood what happened. There was manipulation. Netflix knew nothing about it. Probably not. Um, I've worked at, at companies before this where there was a lot of manipulation out there that would happen, or with partner companies, we'd see it. Um, we had bot farms at certain places with uh, kind of, you know, kind of sister companies. And many times the client had no idea that this was happening. And in my estimation here, Netflix said, yeah, if we can get any kind of pickup on this, any kind of viral pickup, that'd be great. Some company went out there and set up some some bot accounts and put it out there. 
And Netflix probably had no idea. That's where I stand on all this. I've seen it happen before. It's crazy what people don't know is out there mm -hmm. um, and some of the advanced kind of bot technology that, that exists. Yeah, I don't, whatever. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if this joke is funny, but I, I wrote in my notes, get over it. This is the internet. If you don't want to see memes, put on a blindfold. That's good. Is that funny? <laughs> That's good. I got it from the picture of Sandra Bullock that they're using everywhere. <laughs> so Great. I, I thought it made sense. All right, next up. In our new-ish segment, Cool Tool. Cool Tool. Ooh, that's real good. Thanks. <laughs> cool Tool. I can't do it as well. Um, 1,000 plus kids YouTube channels to exclude from your video campaigns. This week's Cool Tool comes from Joe Martinez over at clicksmarketing.com. And it's really not so much of a tool as it is a resource, but it's like the greatest thing ever, I think. Um it is literally a list of placement exclusions that you can copy and paste from the list right into your Google Ads account to stop your ads from showing on YouTube channels that are probably not really relevant to you. They're all aimed at children uh, that are never going to download your white paper or buy your service or, you know, any of the things that you're probably trying to advertise the kids aren't into. Um, it's a Google Doc, so I can only imagine the list is going to grow and grow and grow, so maybe keep checking on it. But these channels, apparently, while there's only a 1,000 or so, they have lots and lots of subscribers, so people are actually spending and, and losing money on these channels. So definitely check the show notes for the link. Uh, the article also explains to you how to add these as a placement exclusion if you don't already know, so you can be a complete rock star with this. I love this. Awesome. This yeah. makes me happy. Hopefully you can get your B2B white paper off of all those <laughs> unboxing videos. Oh, yeah. Who watches unboxing videos? Children. Yeah, that's, I think I was looking through some of the list. Lots of unboxing videos. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. And video game things, too. People watching other people play video games. I know that's a whole thing. I, I watch other people. It's way more fun than playing them yourselves. So strange. I just don't know how to use the remote anymore. It's way too advanced for me, so I'd rather watch <laughs> other people play Fortnite. Do you know how I know that you're bad at video games? How? You called the controller a remote. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article too in-depth, too detailed for us to cover in its entirety on the show. This week's article comes from Ann Smarty over at Moz, and she has an article that is about optimizing for questions. And the name of the article is How to Research, Monitor, and Optimize for Questions. She breaks down the different types of questions that are out there, like basic questions and easy-to-understand answers, how-tos, branded, uh, what she called ROPOs, or research online, buy online, um, or purchase online, it should be. Anne, what are you doing? That's yeah. <laughs> um, and, and some of those specific questions. But she's got a whole lot of tools, a really nice chart that breaks everything down. It's just one of these fundamentals where many times – you need content. You need to have questions answered. How do you find out what people are looking for? And what's the best way to answer them? And what is going to move the needle the most? So that's over on Moz. Thank you, Anne. It is our must-read marketing article of the week. And with that, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from today's show on marketingclock.com And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the news or our fun new content coming up. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. 
If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where we don't talk about marketing anymore, we just shoot the heck. And this week, we're having another draft, and a draft about what would be the worst music to listen to on repeat forever if you were to be tortured. What would you want least? And I realized pretty quick into this, I think anything on repeat would drive me up a wall after about two hours. I agree. I don't think I could take it. (laughs) But it happened, we were at lunch and I just heard this terrible song and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. Thank goodness it's going to be over pretty soon. But then I was like, what if it never ends? Unless it's on your list, what song was it? It is, did not make my final cut okay. list, and people are going to probably hate it. It was Bon Jovi, Wanted Dead or Alive. I mean... It's like, I'm a cowboy. Cowboy. It's and you just hear that over and over again, and you're yeah. like, I'm locked up. You hear about this <laughs> puffy-haired fellow on a motorcycle and over and over again? Is that what that's about? Is that Steel what he horse, looks like? Right? I don't know. It's real, real puffy. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. It's not a great song, but yeah. Let's do the order. I'll let you pick. Do you want to pick first or second two? Oh, you want me to pick instead of flipping a coin? Oh, what, what, what do you think? You I, I like the tradition? surprise element. Yeah, keep okay. tradition. Flip you coin. call it in the air. Tails. You got heads. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I am going to take first pick. All right, go. Because to me, there's one song that might be actually a worse song. And to me, I'm not looking at bad songs. I'm looking at songs that would just grate you down and break you down. Ooh, okay. But I think this might be one of the worst songs ever, too. So this is annoying and terrible. And it is the Baja Men Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> <laughs> that would drive me crazy. And one thing that I looked at when I was picking these is how does it start? Oh, okay. Because I feel like every time that song ends, you might have hope that it's going to stop. No. But then it comes in, who let the dog? I just lose it every time. <laughs> so my first pick is Baja Men, who let the dogs out. Oh, man, that's that's a pretty good pick. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was thinking about songs that would just be super annoying to hear over and over. They're not necessarily bad songs. Um, in fact, I think most of the ones on my list are great songs. Um, I get two. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Okay, I considered that, but I, 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 there are points in there... And I also consider the fact, could I like sleep to this? Because mm-hmm. you got to listen to it all day long. True. And I feel like some of that's like that Danny Boy part. I'm like, <laughs> I might be able to shut my eyes quick. I don't <laughs> so know. I didn't, I didn't have that on my list. But good know. pick. Yeah. I've, I figured like, because it is a fun song, right? And I kind of love it. But it's so motivational. And it's like, yeah, you're going to get through this. But you're being tortured. And you're probably not going to get through this. So it's like that extra element of like they're having a great time and you're not. Okay. So good pick. I went with that, and then um, I went with one that I think would just like get inside your head and, and mess you up, probably mentally, especially if you've seen Silence of the Lambs. Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. I don't, I don't know that off the top of my head. Oh man, I we probably can't play it because we don't have the rights to like play music. But it's the one. It's I won't say what scene it is in Silence of the Lambs, but it's that one song. Well, good. Maybe it won't mess me up as bad. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And we can put all these in, in the show notes as Perfect. well. And my second pick, I just would die every time I heard this. <laughs> Kid Rock, Ba with the Ba. No! 
Imagine hearing that every minute of your life. That would be terrible. And the way that it starts is, oh, it'd be awful every single time it came on. I wouldn't be able to sleep to it. It would be just terrific. I don't even know if Kid Rock would want to hear that for the rest of his life. But it's the reason he's famous. (laughs) Absolutely not. That's a good pick. Um, All right. I'm going to go with one which I had already written down on my list. And you brought up the movie that it's from at lunch yesterday. And I was like, oh, my God, we're in a simulation. The Wild Wild West theme song by Will Smith. That's good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Because it's got that wiki wow. Like that would drive me nuts. See, that's what makes it really terrible. The wiki wiki wow. Like that that would be awful. Because at first, like the first day, the first week, the first month, you'd be like, yeah, this is still not that terrible. And then it's just every single time it's that wiki. Like Mm -hmm. just be heartbreaking (laughs) to hear. (laughs) Okay. So then my next pick is... Pitbull, don't stop the party. I don't know that. It's song. terrible. It is unlistenable, <laughs> and it's just Pitbull talking and yelling about a party. It's terrible. <laughs> it's I. I would. I that would. It might even be higher up, but I try to go after a couple. A couple better ones. Heavy there. hitters. It is terrible, and it is just something you don't want to. If you heard it once a year, that's too much. <laughs> And once every every minute is definitely too much. Oh, I'm definitely gonna listen to that when I get back to my desk here because I've never heard it. Um, how many? How many do we get? Five. Five. All right, and I've got three. I'm gonna go with one because I think it would be really depressing and it would make you think of happier times, and it would be super annoying because it's short and it would just be over and over and over again. Happy birthday. That's pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I didn't even I, think about that. Yeah. It's like out of the box thinking. I like Does that. it count? I know it's not it counts, like from yeah. a major recording artist, but that's because it's like copywritten or something like yeah. that. You're not allowed to. See, I think I wouldn't mind that as much as some of these other ones because at least you could like sleep to it. Mm. At least there's not like some semblance of people out there having fun somewhere. Yeah, I guess there is. I don't know. Maybe don't once know. a year it's irrelevant to you. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I think it would drive me nuts, especially it like if they just kept would. using your name. Like, it's not my birthday. Anything would drive me nuts. So, yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you on that. Okay. okay. Next up, to me, one of the things I'm looking for in in this was those really empty calories mm. in, in music. When you're talking about like that wiki wiki in the wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going with the black eyed peas. Tonight's going <gasps> to be a good night. Oh. That is one of the worst songs ever. And it is so empty inside. If you peel, and you're going to be sitting there just listening to the song nonstop, you're going to peel back the layers, and it only gets worse. The part where they're counting off the days of the week and the months of the year and the, <laughs> the prime numbers or whatever they're doing is just terrible. And it would be soul crushing if I had to hear that. It's soul crushing to listen to. Anyway, we tried to listen to it once in the car, and and we just it's laughed the whole time. It's it's fun with friends. It is not fun alone when you're inside your head. I I will give you that one. That's terrifying. Oh, I have so many things written down, and I don't know what's going to strengthen my lineup here. Is this your last pick? I think so. Yeah. Um, was that your last pick? No, I have one left. Okay, I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna go with with my gut here because this is a song that I really really like, and I feel like being tortured with it would absolutely ruin it for me, which would be torture in itself, because if I ever lived, I could never hear it again. Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. I wouldn't mind that one. That for might be a like... a minute, though. But you could go to bed to that. You could. You, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I just feel like the cowbell would just be in your head like for the rest of That's your life. That's true. That is very true. It would, I you forgot about the cowbell. You would dream. You would have nightmares about that cowbell. Okay. My last one is is spurred a little bit by my kids, a little bit by the season we just went through, <laughs> but it is Neil Diamond's version of Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy is the worst song ever created, Agreed. and somehow Neil Diamond made it worse. <laughs> and he's got his Neil Diamond-esque attitude there, and he he says the words like incorrectly. He's got like what? a different inflection, like a different pronunciation of them somehow. So he says them incorrectly. Exactly. Ugh. It is terrible, and that might be my top pick. But I know you're never going to pick that, so that's going to be my last pick. No, I didn't even know he did. I'm going to listen to that too when I get back to my desk. Because when my kids hear "Little Drummer Boy," they scream and tell me to turn it off. Really, they don't yeah, like they it. They don't like it at all. No, at all, or his version, or both. Little Drummer Boy in general. Wow. So you listen to this Neil Diamond version, and it's terrible. Because I was thinking about putting "Sweet Caroline" on there, because that would just be so grating to hear over and over and over and over again. Ugh. But I went "Little Drummer Boy" because you listen to it once, I dare you to listen to it three times in a row. Okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. All right, so let me go through <laughs> my list here, my list of songs that I would not want to be tortured with over and over again on repeat is the Baja Men who let the dogs out, Kid Rock Ba with the Ba. <laughs> Pitbull, Don't Stop the Party, Black Eyed Peas, Tonight's Gonna Be a Good Night, and Neil Drummond, Neil Diamond, The Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> Neil Drummond. <laughs> That's a new guy. Yeah, Andre's brother. I like it. Who's Andre It's a basketball Drummond? joke. Oh, sports. <laughs> Yay, you know I love those. All right, my lineup. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus, Will Smith's rendition of the fine, fine song Wild Wild West from the film, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, and Happy birthday by everyone and anyone and no one at all all right hopefully nobody ever ends up in that scenario but hopefully for sure it's none of those 10 songs <laughs> tell us who won we'll see you next week bye bye